Hello everyone, hope you're well and excited for the new season. This is just a quick note at the start of the episode to let you know that this Burst Boss season preview was recorded prior to the reports of Alfredo Morelos agreeing terms with French side Lille. The news actually broke during recording, so you do hear us mention it later on in the show. Similarly, we recorded this prior to Neil Lennon extending an olive branch to Lee Griffiths. Thankfully, nothing else seems to have happened in Scottish football between recording and publishing, so we hope you really enjoy this show. Yes, we are back on the Burst Bot Scottish Football Podcast with just a week to go until the start of season 2021. Loads and loads to discuss. <gasps> I've got Andrew Gamba here. <gasps> My words, I have, I'm back, Hamish. Thanks, thanks for thanks for letting me back um, into into Burst Bot Towers. Um, I know I got to go my 14 day isolation before I was allowed to turn up here, but thanks for letting me in. Great to have you back, mate. How you been doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Just going mental as everyone has under lockdown um finally finally out last night um so that was that was good or or not as i am at the moment but you know apart from that doing fine <laughs> you went out last night casey were you Nah, not at all i mean you'll maybe hear by my voice <laughs> if, if i was out or not but uh <clears throat> i so w- delighted to be back um looking forward to having a good preview of the season there's plenty to talk about anyway so i buzzing to be back here miss cheers yeah, I think we're all looking forward to the start of the season and hopefully you are too. Basically over the next hour or so, we're going to run you through all the 12 Premiership teams and go through some of the signings they've made and how we see them getting on this season. I've kind of split the league up into four sections of uh, you know very distinct parts and you guys may disagree with some of the teams I've put in some sections, but I'm sure we can come to that later on. The first section that we're going to touch on is the title race. That's the obvious place to start. I've only got two teams involved in this. I think that's probably fair comment at this stage. It's going to be Celtic versus Rangers. We know all the history. Celtic going for a 10th title in a row. Rangers aiming to stop it. We know the fact that both teams have made it to nine in the past and then not managed to get to double figures. Gamba, is this the year when history is made? Uh, I, I hope so. I hope so. Um... <sighs> Yeah, I think, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a close one again. Um, I thought. I thought last season would go. I thought last season would go down to the final day, um, and because we didn't get a final day, I was proved wrong with that. Um, but I think because of the, the the kind of gap between them at the point uh, the season was called, I think it probably wouldn't have got down to that final day. <laughs> Rangers haven't really weakened that much in terms of their kind of signings and things like that. It looks as if they've kind of been able to keep a hold of well they've been able to keep hold of all of their players, it looks as if so far. Um or the ones that matter certainly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know a few I know a few have gone, but I think the kind of big the kind of big dogs in that team are still there. Um Celtic have have weakened. Goalie's obviously a massive thing. Um it looks as if they're still trying to get a hold of somebody until then, but I think it'll be close, but I I think just with I think with all the recent all the recent success and things like that, I think Celtic will probably get over the line. I think they'll be fine. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting, especially the start of the season without any crowds. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays into the 
mentality of some of the players if you're actually playing at Parkhead without without all the fans there or you're playing away from home without fans how that'll impact things it's a wee bit of an unknown quantity but I think Celtic will probably get there in the end KC do you think Rangers are in a better or a worse place to win the league than 12 months ago <clears throat> I mean for me Hamish it comes down to I mean Rangers done really well in the old firm games I think that they they match Celtic in more over, than matched I, I mean in certain mm. games they absolutely battered them uh, and I think even for the minute Gerard came in, that was the case. I think that <clears throat> they're a lot more organised for the old firm games and they know exactly what they're doing. The issue for Rangers is is how they stay consistent for all the other matches because that is, I mean, it's you can't go and lose to Kilmarnock and Ackies and stuff, as we'll probably touch on. I mean, we'll we talk about I mean what happens after the winter break for Rangers and that's the main thing that they need to go over. Squad-wise, I agree with Gamba. I think that their squad's looking strong. Um, yeah. If anything, they're better off. I think that Hadji is a brilliant signing. I really, really like him. Um, I think that he'll... I mean, depending how, how they play him, he's obviously, has he got to play number 10 or has he got to play out wide with, with the three up top or whatever? Um, I th- but I think his best role was kind of behind the striker. I think that's what he's got to play or up front himself um, or like just behind Morelos. Um, yeah. And Joe Aribo, I think, has got to have a massive season for Rangers as well. I really like him. I think that he's a very, very good player and like I said, I was talking about that yesterday. I watched their uh, pre-season game against Coventry yesterday in the pub, and as I said, I, th- I think that he looked good as well. So, no, I, I would say that Rangers, they're certainly not in a worse position. It's about how they they tackle these other silly wee games, if you want to say that. How they keep the consistency going. Games that Walter Smith would never slip up and stuff like that. That's what they need to go over because when it comes down to the old firm games, they they do more than enough to to match Celtic. It's weird because that that narrative, and you're not wrong that. Rangers, the big games they can get up for. You see their European run and the fact that they, you know they beat Porto, Ibrox, and Feyenoord and all that kind of stuff. And even I mean they're still in the Europa League as we record this. And then you see some of the performances they were throwing in at the end, just prior to the break, and that defeat at Hearts and the defeat at home at Hamilton, like comical Hamilton. stuff. And Aye. I know it's crazy. And the the Rangers support were fizzing at that point, like absolutely fizzing. And in many ways. Like, I felt... I remember there was all the chat about whether Gerard would even continue and it felt like he was a beaten man. And folk have kind of forgotten that a wee bit, I think just because everything else has gone on. So, mm-hmm. in many ways, I think Stephen Gerrard has to be a bit thankful for coronavirus because I think he had a tough end to the season in store. And I think he had to get things back inside. And it, if he hadn't got that team back performing and maybe won one of the derby matches, then... I think he might have struggled to get another season out of the Rangers support because they were really turning on him. But on the flip side, as I say, some of those performances in the first half of the season and in Europe, and actually their consistency in the first half of the season was really good because I think I think going into the winter break, they'd only they'd drawn my hearts, they'd obviously lost at home to Celtic and they'd drawn at Pataudry, and I think those were maybe the only games they hadn't won. I mean, Tynecastle, Pataudry and playing Celtic is three of their toughest games, so their consistency was actually brilliant against the wee teams in the first half of the season then something just changed overnight when they went to Dubai or whatever who knows what happened there but obviously that's not an option this year because there's no winter break they're not going to Dubai so it seems a bit simple to say that no winter break means that Rangers will be aided and able to keep that form up but I don't know man like I, I feel like 
I feel like that might help them big time because Celtic benefit massively from Dubai. They're not going to get that boost if things are going wrong at the end of December. And equally, Rangers are going to be able to keep continuing ploughing through January if they've got a bit of momentum. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be tight this year. I would not be surprised to see it going down to the last few games, certainly going into the split yeah. with a couple of points in it. Yeah, I can. I, I definitely think that will that'll be the case this year. I thought it would be the case last year. None of the teams have... Rangers had Rangers don't look in a worse off position than they did last year. So hmm. I think Celtic do look slightly worse off than they did last year, obviously with the goalie. So I could I could see definitely see it go down to the final couple of days. How big an issue is the keeper then, Casey? Because obviously Fraser Forster last year they were saying how big a player he was and, and everyone thinks of the cup final and the game against Lazio. Ironically, neither of them were in the league. And I was actually thinking, in terms of the league, how many points did he actually win Celtic? And I can't think of him winning any points in the league, unless I'm missing any obvious ones. I don't know if that's just an anomaly, because Celtic were so far ahead of so many teams in the league or whatever. And obviously, Forster, I'm not saying for a minute that he's not going to be a miss, because I think he's going to be a massive miss. But I can't actually think how many points he won Celtic in the league last season. Absolutely. I mean... It's, it's funny that you point out and it was the cup final in the Lazio games that, that everybody speaks about um, which Fraser Foster really you know earned his coin last year um, but I think this situation is it's no good whatsoever for Celtic just now and for Scott Bain it's a terrible situation to be in because they've tried the full summer to recruit somebody they've not been able to do that so they're obviously saying you're not good enough but yet he's the one that's to pull on the jersey uh, come a week on Saturday or Sunday whenever Celtic kick the season off and I mean for him that's got to be terrible um, like for his mindset mentality but then again he should know that being at Celtic that he probably has got to be second choice but I just don't think that that's a I've, I don't know I'm, I wouldn't be comfortable being in his position just now um, to, to go to do that because you, you know that the full time that they're trying to replace you, yet you're the one that's to be trusted to, to pull on the jersey. Well, I'd assume it will be because I can't see them doing business before then. Um, I don't know about you guys, obviously, being more in the loop with Celtic. I mean, if they're close, because one minute the Foster deals off, then the next it looks like it's back on. And I'm, I'm lost waiting. Was there a keeper for Spain that they were, they were trying to get? Or? Uh, it was the fella at the moment, Vasilis Barkas, who plays with AK Athens. He's the one that's uh, been Greece, sorry, yeah. mentioned. Um, I think he's 26 years old he's Greece's number one I think he had like something like 16 clean sheets for Athens last year even though they had a, a poor season so he seems to be quite decent and I think the talk is it could be 5 million odd and 10 grand a week will be enough to get him so Celtic can probably afford that and if it's a case of filling a, such an important position as a goalkeeper then I, I think the fans will be on board with that the other main issue that I'm looking at Celtic and I don't want to paint Celtic in a bad light here because I think a lot of publications seem to be doing that a wee bit over the summer and I think things are far from like crisis cracked crests at Celtic Park like I think the team's doing fine but Lee Griffiths issue as well and Neil Lennon obviously came out and absolutely went for Lee Griffiths it's fair to say he did not miss him in any way he was unhappy with the way he'd returned back following the coronavirus break he said that Griffiths came back at not ideal playing weight, whatever that means, and he criticises use of social media as well as TikToks and all that kind of thing. How do you see that one playing out, Gamba? Uh, not good, not good. Um, aye, it's got all the makings of just an absolute disaster, doesn't it? Um, 
I think I think Lennon Lennon and Griffiths are two interesting personalities. Um and I think when things are going well for the two of them, I think that would be a a great relationship and a great partnership between the two of them. But I think if, if Griffiths isn't doing what Lennon wants in his eyes, I think it could go really bad really quickly. And it seems to have it seems to have gone pretty badly. Um I can I can I can understand Lennon's meltdown um that that he had. Um I'm doing it publicly was quite was quite shocking, I thought. Um, some, there's a totally... lot of folks saying that the fact that Griffiths has well documented mental health problems that Lennon maybe shouldn't have gone public and, with it. Well, I, 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 Lennon's in a position where he should know about this stuff. I mean, he's someone who has had moments, you know, some really, really fucking bad moments with with this. Um, I mean, if anyone, anyone who's anyone who's read his book will, will know that, like, just moments where he's just completely broken down and just like, I cannot fucking do any of this. Like, I just can't, mm. I can't bring myself to do anything here. And from to slate him like that was quite <laughs> interesting. Again, is what I'm going to use. Um, but I mean, there's, there's the part of it where I can, I can, I can see why he'd be angry and kind of upset because he did totally change how the team played. Um, when Celtic came back from the winter break to accommodate Griffiths, Griffiths was looking good. The team was looking good after the winter break. Celtic were just, I mean, they're unstoppable. Like they were, the only the only, the only team that managed to actually lay a glove on them was Copenhagen, really. Yeah. Um, it was really really good when they changed things for Griffiths, and I can understand where if he's gone. Okay, we've had this time off to kind of prepare and refresh for the season, and your man hasn't quite sorted himself out. I can understand. Um, he's he's allegedly been brought back in for one of the friendlies that's coming up over the next couple of days. Yeah, that's the, the Ross County that, one. Yeah, that kind of tells um, you that he's maybe not totally out in the cold. No. Who knows how it'll play out over the, the next few weeks or Aye. whatever. But I think if he isn't going to be a player for Celtic this season, they need to look at bringing another striker in because Vacuum Bio is not very good slash injured the majority of the time and Patrick Clamalla could be good but I think anyone still an unknown him, quantity ah, exactly ah. anyone that's seen him in pre-season knows that he's he's nowhere near good enough to be a a backup striker because imagine Edward got an injury you'd be playing Clamalla in European which, qualifiers yeah, which which happens regularly Edward's yeah. not <laughs> not you know made of stone. Um, there are there are seasons of a sec there are there are sections of a season sorry where he will just simply not be there and you need someone to you need someone to back up. I mean, you know, we've we've seen it going into games playing Mikey Johnson up top. Like you yeah, know um, Lewis Morgan. Okay now we've got Clamala I suppose or Oliver yeah are we playing Oliver Burke up top like that. I like oh. the fact that Gamba got another Stone Roses reference in there with Edward. <laughs> made <laughs> made <laughs> a stone, so, um, but f- for me, see, see, I'm quite surprised at that. And again, it just shows obviously with me being obviously out the loop with Celtic. But I thought Clamala, like, I thought like the fact, I thought like the Celtic fans were quite happy with his progress in pre season because he's come back, he's he's put on weight, he's been sh- strong, quick, whatever. I, I, I thought that. <clears throat> he was like the fans were quite surprised at how well he was doing and thinking that he could be the answer. But you guys have just said the opposite, so I'm maybe talking to to, to the he's, wrong men. He's really split the support because I think it was the Leon match he started, and a lot of fans were saying he was the best player. And I just felt I felt he was working hard and running around, but I just felt his backing in and. Maybe it's just when you become accustomed to seeing how well Edward does it that it's maybe unfair to compare him to that. But just the way I saw him, like balls come in and bouncing off him, you know, that way when he's not taking the ball in and he's not... He did it a couple of times, but in general, a lot of work to 
to improve on. And the point I'm making is if Edward was to get injured and a big match was to come up on the horizon, like a Champions League qualifier or a game at Pataudry or Easter Road or Ibrooks, you're a bit worried about Clamalla starting. Whereas like Hamilton at home, you're getting by and he'd probably maybe net a goal or whatever. But Celtic need another striker. Griffiths is a perfect number two for Edward and it's just disappointing from him, his point of view that he's clearly not got the right mindset at the moment and I, I don't know why that is because it seemed prior to coronavirus like Lee Griffiths was back in Celtic's Aye. last competitive match he scored a hat-trick against St Mirren people forget yep. that he took the match ball away and it seemed forever like Lee Griffiths was back and he's now gone to the other extreme and he's away again so disappointing just moving on to Rangers again Stephen Gerrard out in papers I think after the game against Coventry saying that he feels he wants or even needs more to the point players in for the new season is that a fair point from Steven Gerrard Casey because he's brought in a lot of players and spent a lot of money some would say on the flip side he has improved Rangers you know so much from a couple of years ago when he came in but has he spent enough money now or is he fair enough asking for money more money I mean <laughs> what I've picked up on is a lot of kind of you know, people associated with Rangers like Andy Halliday and stuff talking in the press recently about what Rangers have to do is to stop signing, you know, 10, 11 new players, <clears throat> try to bread them in and then you're getting rid of most of them because we've seen that. He's, he's brought in far too many players, Gerard, and I think mm -hmm. the money should be better spent on... And it's easier said than done, though, because, I mean, you could say I, I only need just two or three quality players and, and they'll be fine, but it's identifying those three quality players because it has got to be a big risk if you're spending... I mean, you can get away with spending whatever, like ten million on, kid, five six players or whatever, spread out across everybody. Whereas when you're maybe spending ten million on two or three guys, I mean, there's a lot you got. There's got to be a lot of questions asking him. Obviously, Hadji reported to be about four million. I think that that deal yep. was worth. <clears throat> for me, and I think obviously Callum Fisher and Craig Gamble would say the same. That I think they need to strength strengthen at centre half big time. Um, I think that, I mean, the guy Hollanders meant to be you know the like answer but, but he's injured he's been injured for the minute he's come in really for me um, I think that he misses too many of the big games Goldson I mean we look at that the last game obviously against well the last game at Ibrox at Hamilton obviously it was him that cost the goal and he was getting dogs for the uh, the fans at that point so I mean it's interesting to see I think it's got to be a centre half um, because they've got enough going up top I Ideally, I mean, if Defoe or whatever stays fit, you've got a good backup to Morelos, Hadji coming in. I think going forward, they look okay defensively. And obviously, all the question marks all the time over their guys like Tavernier and that. Like, it's, I mean, I don't know. Is he got enough about him? At times, we criticise him year in, year out. Or he's good going forward, but he can't defend and all the rest of it. I think that... And, but it's surprising though because of how good Rangers actually have been defensively when they need to be you know what I mean when it comes to these European Europe. games and games against yeah. Celtic they're switched on they're on the ball they're organised but then they'll sell silly goals like they did against the Ackies um, and, and those, are the, those are the ones that count you know so if I were a Rangers fan I'd be I'd be crying out for a, a top quality centre half to come in there um, and, and really and really be first choice to play alongside Hollander when he's back because obviously Katic has got a long term injury this year as well um, so and he was he was the main man him and Goldson looked okay together and then um, so I, I would go for a centre half 
They have brought in this guy, Leon Balogun, over the last couple of days. I don't know if you mm-hmm. missed that when you were in the pub or whatever. But um, No, I, I did see it, because that's the guy, was it for Brighton? Or, yeah. I, but like, again, I, I just look at in. I know he played in Germany and stuff, but I don't see him being the man that's, fair that, point. that's, that's got a... Because, as I said, I was aware of that, but I don't see him being the marquee defender that they need. I see him being backup, but I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've, no, I've not watched the guy, but... I, the, the chat is that he's, I think, going to be cover for Cattage because he's injured. To you, I think it's a fair point you make because Rangers have got, have got Edmondson there as well, but they've not got maybe other than Golden plays every week, and I think there's still even question marks over Golden. I think he's a good player and he's a massive improvement on what Rangers had at Ibrox before Gerard came in, but I still think there's massive questions over him at certain points. For me, he's not a centre back who's going to win you the league. I think yeah. Christopher Julian and maybe even Christopher Ayer are two defenders that will win you the league, whereas I don't think Golden quite is. Um, what was I going to say though? But um, no, this guy Balogun looks interesting, and um, aye, that was it. The fact that like spending money in a centre back, they did that last year with Hellander. You know, Gerard was given four million odd, I think, to buy Hellander. And I think Hellander's a really good player. I think he's Rangers' best centre back. But the point you make is a fair one that he's always injured and he's not played effectively since December. So. In many ways, Gerard can ask for this money, but if he's spending it on players who admittedly are good but are not fit to play, then he's kind of lost his argument there for me. So uh, absolutely, Hamish. I mean, the the main point that that I back you on there hundred percent, and that's the truth, and that's what Rangers have got to be harsh about now. Is is Goldson got to win you the league, man? For me, no. In, in many ways, I think that goes for the whole team. I agree, yeah. they're better going forward, but there's a lot of players in that team that are good. But again, have they got the desire to win you the league? How many winners do you see in that team? And Alan McGregor's a winner, and Stephen Davis is a winner, and you can maybe even argue Jermaine Defoe, given his career, is a winner or certainly experienced. But this might be really, really harsh, and I might be Rangers folk shouting at their you know, podcast apps or whatever, but is Ryan Jack a winner? Is Ryan Jack proven that he's a winner in his career? I don't know. I mean, I'm I actually mean- asking. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, I actually used to criticise Jack quite a lot, but I thought last year he was brilliant. I thought he was one of their best last year, and to be fair to him, but but I, I do see the point you're making. For me, I, I, it's always an easy argument to make now, but it's James Tavernier, man. Yeah. He's your captain, but... Nah. He's, a, he's a good player Tavernier I think he, he is a really good, good player, player but, but he's, he's, not, he's not a captain uh, no, McGregor not for me. I just cannot understand that I, Steve Davis for me um, as I said because c- he was a player as well that it was slow for him to get started again when he came back and then he was really coming on to a game and then obviously coronavirus that was probably one of the only positives for Rangers was it looked like he was back to his best um, but nah I don't know there's a lot of question marks here and that, that's exactly the point I was making Four million on Hollander at that time. It's identifying these players and whether they're going to be value for money. That's because the, there's got to be question marks asked all the time, and it's a hard thing to do. But that's that's the business of being a football manager or director of football, whatever, to go and recruit these guys who will win you the league, and that's what Rangers need to be. As we say, we look Tavernier, good player, absolutely. Is he a captain to win you the league? For me, no. But then again, this time in a year, he'll be sitting laughing anyway because he's, he's, he's just got his first winner's medal yeah. and just left at the uh, Premiership trophy. But I just I just think that Rangers have got to be harsh now and you can't carry passengers anymore. It's getting to real crunch time for them and they've got to stop the 10. They've got to stop yeah. the 10 and I can't see them doing that with, with these kind of guys in and around the, the club or being mainstays at the club. 
Final title verdict, Gamba. Celtic by a narrow margin, is that your feeling? Yeah, I'll I'll go for that. I'll go for that. Although this conversation about Ranger Simons is kinda giving me flashbacks of Celtic stopping the ten and them saying that it was actually never in the plan to stop ten in a row with the signings they were making. So <laughs> <laughs> interesting Listen. interesting to see whether they'll accidentally do it again. Or whether these are the signings they think will stop it. But I think Celtic Celtic just is what I'll say. I agree. As I say, I think it will be tight going into the split. I think the fact there's no winter break will help Rangers this season. I uh, yeah, I think it's going to be it's just going to be like a hectic season with all the different competitions, playing different matches and all that. Celtic have got two additional games to play minimum in terms of the the Scottish Cup from last season, and although it's only two games, I think that's a factor as well. But yeah, I think it's going to be tight with Celtic nicking it maybe by four or five points in the end. I think that just purely I just kind of see Rangers sorting the, the problems that we spoke about um, I still see them slipping up for a lot of these games that they should be winning and for me that's what's just got to get Celtic over the line um, I do think that it will be closer and it's got to be interesting as Gamba's kind of touched about no fans and stuff for for a period Aye. how that will affect the players because I think if anything that will go for Rangers because we've talked about these guys maybe not having the mentality for Rangers no. that'll suit them not playing in front of fans um, Celtic on the other hand it, it could be different and teams going to Ibrox and Parkhead now it, you know it's up in the air about how that, how that changes things but I think that I I just I, I can't see Celtic no no winning the league this year. I think there's too much at stake here, and again, it's easy to say it comes down to the old firm games, but it could have come down to the old firm games last year, and, and and Celtic were were still ahead. So very interesting, right? So we've gone all gone for Celtic there. I'm sure Craig Gamble, <laughs> oh, Tom <no>. Fisher would <laughs> probably have something different to say about that, and I'm sure you, the listener, do as well. So if you disagree with all three of us, think we've made a redundant point then just let us know wherever or twitter facebook etc and that goes for the whole show right we're moving on race for third i've got three teams down for this motherwell hibs and aberdeen the race to be best of the rest first of all guys is there any other teams that you want to add to this mix I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll fire i'll fire us in there man i think that our business for third place it, well no for third but I, i've got us in my predictions in the top four because I've got to back us but I think that our business has got to go under the radar and you'll see by the end of next week we've got a right good squad in place and when you see it player for player I think that we're looking fine for next year and I, I'm surprised right. but I know we'll come on to that but no, no, no gonna, do, t- t- take it now if you want let's go through let's go through Kilmarnock then because you, you're clearly itching to, to talk about them so <laughs> you've, in terms of your transfers you've brought in Aaron McGowan from Hamilton the right back You've then got four players that I've never heard of. Maybe you can shed a bit of light on any of the following. Brandon Houndstrup, Zeno Rossi, Mitch Pinnock and Danny Whitehall. Now, I know Danny Whitehall was at Maidenhead, scored 13 goals last season. He's a striker, I believe. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the rest? Obviously, we know about McGowan. Um, what have you made of Kelly's business? Right, as I said, for the listeners, just now we'll be... Saying that, what's he talking about? Because that's but there'll be signings coming in, but this week that are got to improve us. Because the one Backman. thing that sticks out, aye, we've not even got a goalkeeper now. But I expect by the time the season starts, Danny Rogers will sign. Uh, he's been on trial for the full time, but he'll be back up too. Backman, who'll be back, which that's is massive. Um, and then I think Tishpolas, 
got to be back as well, which obviously uh, a bit of competition for the middle of the park there. But no, the, the basis of our team, man, is strong. I like it. Um, the boy Brandon Hunstrup for Portsmouth is a brilliant signing, by the way. He is like it, all you can go on is the reaction of the clubs like who's just lost the player. And the Portsmouth fans are going mental. And Portsmouth are a massive club, man. Like, like, like they are a very big club. And like the, their fans are, are going nuts at Kenny Jacket for, for basically letting him go. Um, they did offer him a contract in the end, um, if I'm right in saying, to get any kind of compensation fee. Um, because obviously the player on a 21 cross board and all that. You know how Celtic got the good business for Dembele, 500k. Whereas if he went somewhere else, it, ah, it would have been... Five six million probably in there, so I think we paid minimal for that if we did pay anything. Whereas if we signed for an North Club in England, we like money. But no, he was tracked to be Championship clubs apparently in a lot of clubs in League One. So that's a bright signing. Our back four, if we get Backman in, is got to be really really solid. So here was sorry to interrupt. This is my issue with your back four is that I look at last season and Brunescu, your number one goalkeeper, O'Donnell, uh, Del Favro, and Hamelainen. For me, that's four parts of your, your kind of first choice back four or back five. So, I mean, is is that an issue that worries you or, or have the players you brought in, will they... Because I think Hamelainen was a great player. No, oh, well, I'm going to totally disagree with you because I thought he was a murder man. Well, I, I really, I really day, didn't you've like seen, him. You've seen Kelly more than me. I, I, um, I like the Kelly fans did, but I'm just... You know, he looked tidy enough, but for me, he didn't do any, anywhere near enough, man. Um, there was flashes. When he first signed, I was like, he looks good. He's a... Perfect replacement for Greg Taylor. Uh, we'll not miss him, and then as the season went on, goes, I would really miss him. Um, I thought his end product and stuff was horrific. So, the two things we'll say right away Honstrup has got to be better than Hamilton. Improvement. Aaron McGowan is as good a replacement for Adonis as you'll get at our level. So, there's a good replacement. And Backman or Danny Rogers have got to be better than Koprovic or Brunescu, without a doubt. So, and the issue is the, the fans want to see another centre back in. And, Dyer's trying to recruit that if I'm right in saying he's trying to get another centre back into challenge um, because it's Broadfoot and Finlay that look like the first choices there just now obviously we can talk about Stuart Finlay all day very good player internationalist Cut Broadfoot I like but I think that's maybe a wee step backwards um, especially obviously he left us last year and then we brought him back as our deadline day signing which was the club get pelters for um, so when we improve there and I, I, I think the basic team there you've got Greg Kilty who was coming on a game coming back again the promise that he showed a good couple of years ago he's done well in his loan spells massive year for Kilty uh, Dicker and Power the spine of your team every week you know you're not going to get I mean for our level they're as good a centre mid pairing yeah. as you'll get you know what I mean they're solid pretty unfashionable but they do the job and we're, we're going to be hard to beat up front Brophy and Kabamba very good partnership Chris Burke was our best player last year at 36 years old um, whether he can do that again this year but, but that's what these guys have come in for um, and obviously with Tishpola hopefully coming back I honestly do think that we, we'll we'll be good like, I think that and it's all big physical guys that I've signed as well which Ideally, I would love to kid on that we're going to play great football and through the middle of the pitch and that, but we're probably going to be a bit direct. We're, we're not going to be bullied, um, and, and that's a big thing. At our level, if you get that, if, if you've got fit and strong guys, you seem to do all right. Um, no, I genuinely do think, but I think it'll more be the end of the week. Looking at it just now, it doesn't right. look great, but we're definitely no worse than you know your Hamilton, St Mearns, Ross Counties. But I think by the end of next week, the business will be, will be complete and... And I think we'll have a good season. Gamba, do you share Casey's optimism for a, a positive Kilmarnock season? 
Um, I've, I've no doubt... I have I have no doubt it'll be positive. I don't see Kilmarnock being in danger, but I do like the look of the other teams that you've got in there in the kind of top three bracket. Um, I would be, I would be surprised if Kilmarnock were to get ahead of, um, Aberdeen, probably Motherwell. Um, I think Hibs is going to be really, really, really interesting this season because just because of you know me with football, I do I do love a I do love a narrative. In football, and I think if things go horribly wrong there, it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting season. So I, I could see things going up in flames with Hibs, not because of the football, but I just think because of a lot of the other things that have been going on there. But what um, kind of thing are you referring to? Well, I mean, obviously they've made some some very very good signings, um, Gogic, Wright, and Nesbitt, who of course they've uh, they've paid money for, haven't they? Which is um, quarter of a million. Yeah, which is interesting considering that um, they've had to um, sell their soul basically to to, to do this. Um, <laughs> I it's very very kind of interesting stuff that's going on there, and obviously with the kind of youth academy going, it would seem, um, which is which is sad to see considering Hibs put together you know the greatest team ever assembled in Scottish football with that academy. Um, mm. Which I know we were all disappointed. Did get did get carved up, and I know I think Casey, you know the one that thinks that that team's a bit of a myth, weren't you? Or is it someone, no, someone else? No, no, it's it's always me that says like that great Hibs team as if like you know it was like the team that dominated in the sixties and that. Like, I always have that about it after, but like, oh that that Hibs team phenomenal, like. But obviously the players they produced was sensational. But since they built that academy, they've not produced MD. Like that's what I will say. I don't, well, for me, I don't think they've produced MD good. So, so maybe it's worthwhile scrapping it to get in us, but who knows? Um, now I think the, these are these are these, these are decent players, and I think they will. I think they will do a job for Hibs. Nesbitt's a really interesting one because obviously I think he was he was going to end up in the Premiership one way or another this season. There was there's quite a few people after him, so you know it's it's not surprises. There's no surprises in the Premiership, um, but being at Hibs is a wee bit surprising considering there's been all this talk of cuts and there's going to have to be tough choices that need to be made and you know we really need to to trim things down here and then they're just spending a quarter of a million on a guy. Um, that's strange. <laughs> <laughs> to say yeah. to say the least, I it's something it really doesn't sit right with me. Um, it it really doesn't, and I think if there are problems at Hibs, it won't be to do with the quality of football. That the quality of footballers that they've got, I think it will be to do with off field things. Um, but again, whether that will happen or not, I don't know. I don't know, but that's the reason why I think if Kelly are going to finish ahead of any of the teams that you brought up right at the start, there, Hamish, I think it'd be Hibs, and I think it'd be because things go crash, bang, and implode. Well, I've got Hibs down for third place. You'll be delighted to hear <laughs> after all of that. I think. That's the thing, though. It's, it's like on paper they do actually look good. Like it just see, depends whether the <laughs> depends whether the the players are all still on board or or whether they're disillusioned. Because right. if you're if you're earning money and and that's cut, or I don't know if it was the Pharaohs or if the wages cut or whatever. Which is fair enough, and then they spend a quarter of a million on a new player, then you're not going to be too happy about that. So yeah, I I get your point. So I think time will tell. To be honest, I've not been keeping up with Hibs during pre-season. I don't know how they're getting on. I just know that the signings, the three big ones, I think they signed them all on the same day. Kevin Nisbet from Dunfermline, mm-hmm. Alex Gogic with his low socks from Hamilton, yep. and Dre Wright for St. John's. And Dre Wright didn't score last season, which I was kind of surprised and. 
25 odd games didn't score a single goal now I know he's a winger but um, it's, John- it's the Johnson scoring goals so it's yeah it's a fair <laughs> point but uh, I, like, I feel like everyone's kind of jumping to Dre right and saying oh that's a brilliant piece of business that kind of um, way people get it in their head and I'm just not massively convinced uh, I think he's a a decent enough player, but I think everyone kind of paint him out as this, you know, brilliant player that no one had unearthed a year ago is um, is a bit over the top. Alex Gogic, I think he could do all right, but again, he's a, he's a fairly limited player, but he's that holding midfielder, that kind of sinister player that they've probably been missing since Bartley, Bartley left a couple of years ago. But I think Kevin Nisbet has goals in him. I think, obviously, Deutsch has goals in him. Camberry uh, is going to be away. <laughs> I think there's three Swiss uh. sides interested in him I think it would have been brilliant Pat if he'd stayed on ah, it would have been great <laughs> Rangers were the pinnacle of Scottish football or whatever his quote was in January <laughs> but hey, he'd obviously burned his bridges at Hibs he's away but I think they've got a nucleus of a, a really good team there at Hibs players have lost Stephen Whitaker I think played a handful of games last season same with Slivka um, Adam Bogdan barely featured as well and yeah, I think they've got a really good manager. I think as much as we touch on all the players in this podcast, I think Hibs have got arguably the best manager. Um, I don't want to say in the league, but I think they've got certainly one of the better managers in the league for, for what he's done so far in his career. I know it didn't work out for him at Sunderland, and I know he's been a little bit hit and miss at Hibs so far, but uh, I think this year with a, a proper few months to get you know his players on board and all that I think that could really benefit benefited Hibs so they're my tip for third uh, Casey you can take either Aberdeen or Motherwell who do you want to touch on um, I'll go I'll go Aberdeen I'll go Aberdeen um, the one of the main issues you speak about there is good manager Jack Ross Um I think that obviously McInnes is again is is a difference here because you look at Aberdeen's transfer business and it's been pretty poor, but it's been well documented how much money they've been losing. So we weren't weren't expecting them to come out and be signing hundreds of players. Uh, Johnny Hayes coming back, obviously very good signing, I think. But it's one of those get a wee bit on his career and it's Celtic. Uh, there was sometimes when he stepped in the pitch. I mean. I just couldn't remember him ever looking that bad before. Like when he was at Celtic, uh, at times it was hopeless. But uh, who do you think he'll play for Aberdeen? Because he, I, I think he's got to be your talent. Well, I think because it was the. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I can, I can just see him being utility again, just kind of playing wherever he's needed. Um, in left back, obviously he done. He, he done that. That's where he primarily played for for Celtic at times. That on like the three centre halves, kind of wing back role. But um, no, I th- I, th- I think I'm going back as as it's a safe signing for them. It should be. I mean, it's like relatively good. You, you know what you're going to get. Bit of experience as well to go back. Um, but you look at they've not really lost them. They of no. You know what I mean. So it's it's not like they're worse off. Yeah. I think that Aberdeen. For me, I think they'll be solid, but pretty unspectacular this year. I think they'll get the job done, but I don't think they'll be what they were before. So what I'm saying is, they'll drop points everywhere else and still come to Rugby Park and beat us, regardless of what kind of form <laughs> that they're in. Uh, I, I'll never, I don't think I'll ever see Kelly beat Aberdeen at Rugby Park for the rest of my life. That's that's well, so long as Derek McInnes stays there, um, I, I I think they'll be fine. I reckon they will. Just can I get top four? Um, but I don't think it'll be the threat they, they once were. But I think that come next year, I think this year's about Aberdeen just trying to like 
got over the line a wee bit for them this year and then I think you'll kick on next year once the money starts coming back and stuff because I think this year they've got a good enough squad better squad than most in the league um, but the, the, they'll no be kicking on a level I don't think so uh, no, I, th- I think they'll be as I said solid but unspectacular they've as you say only made one signing at the time of recording Johnny Hayes but it is worth putting out they also do have Craig Bryson who didn't feature he will be like a new signing aye there'll be like a new signing and as you rightly point out they've lost Danny Rogers Frank Ross Greg Lee and John Gallagher and and while Greg Lee was pretty good at the start of the season probably one of their better players last season he I think got a bad injury and and didn't feature for basically the whole second half of the season so that's what makes me think that the left back um, role may have opened up for Hayes obviously they've still got um, Considine there but never been massively convinced about a player that size playing at left back I've always thought Constantine would be a better option as a, a possible centre back to play with um, you know McKenna or, or whatever um, the other fellow whose name's completely escaped me the centre back the is he English um, Ash Taylor oh Ash Taylor so, aye, aye. just completely forgot do you know what I was thinking yesterday you know how when football goes away for so long you just kind of forget random things and I spent 10 minutes yesterday trying to think who the Morton manager was Aye, Hopkin. I couldn't think. <laughs> so I knew, I knew it was, I knew it wasn't Jonathan Johansson, but I genuinely could not think who the manager of Morton FC was. But <laughs> anyway, um, as we say, Johnny Hayes, I think a good signing for Aberdeen. Derek McInnes, I heard him in Sports Sound, I think a couple of weeks ago, saying that they're really going to aim to do much better than last season. He said last season was quite a poor season for them, and they still finished fourth. And I think they were only a point behind Motherwell, who everyone's going. You know, massively on about having a great season. On that topic, Gamba, we've got yeah. Motherwell. Uh, obviously, this season they've brought in Mark O'Hara, a player KC will know well. They've got Scott Fox in. They've got Ricky Lamy in from Levy. Jake Casey on loan as well. Yep, Jordan White, the big striker from Inverness. Nathan McGinley, obviously, we don't know much about him. He's coming for Forest Green, but I'd argue the biggest news is who's left and the keeper Mark Gillespie who was one of the best players one of the main reasons for them probably finishing third last season he's gone to Newcastle they do still have uh, obviously Scott Fox have brought him in and they've also got uh, Carson Trevor Carson who Celtic had been linked to him in the past and he'd been a really good goalkeeper before he had some not even injury problems but it was kind of health problems Mm -hmm. wasn't it he had Nah. But it goes without saying that Gillespie's a, a massive miss for Motherwell. Yeah, um, it, it will be. It absolutely will be. Um, however, I think if you're a Motherwell fan, considering how things were looking about a month ago, the fact you've only lost your goalkeeper's probably not the worst thing in the world. I know we're talking about obviously Jack Ross being one of the best managers in the league and Derek McInnes, as much as Ryan Crombie's probably throwing his phone across the, across <laughs> the room when that was brought up. I, I do think keeping a hold of Robinson is is absolutely massive for them. And the reason that I think we can talk about them being potential for the top three again is that he's still there. <laughs> um, I think if he wasn't, they'd be, they'd be fucked. <laughs> I, I, I've said this in a podcast the other week, um, and I think Stephen Robinson's a good manager, but I don't oh, go. get yes, the hype. Yes. I don't get the hype. I think that he's, he's done a very good job. I think his recruitment is excellent. But I think that that's the difference, is like... I th- 
I, I think that he gets the right players in and his players make the team know him. I genuinely, I genuinely believe that. I think that... But I'm, I'm not trying to have a go either because I do think that he's good. But I think if he were to go, he's not irreplaceable. I, I just, I, I think that it's a recruitment, which is obviously a skill. And I think that he always gets the right players in. I don't think... But one thing I was going to say, I don't think tactically he's... He's amazing or anything, but to be fair, he changes his style to his players are because they were hammer throwers two years ago. Mm. Remember, very physical, oh, strong okay. team, and then last year, you know, they've played some right good football, and obviously with Hasty coming back and stuff, I can I can see them playing good football again. Um, I just I, I just think it's quite interesting about Robinson because I do think that he is a good manager, but I just don't get I don't get the hype that anybody else gets. I think that you you see a good manager with a kind of record against the old firm and the kind of issues that they cause them and I just don't see Motherwell like, I, I don't think they touch maybe maybe this is a bitterness for me about how good we were when we finished third like, I think that there's a total yeah. difference for the Motherwell team oh, last it's, year it's, in, it's, incom- like, it's incomparable aye. that Kelly team I think beats Motherwell from that season, oh, uh, I I think I, that it should go without saying, but I'm just like you look at how Clark was against the old firm and his record was like phenomenal. It was like unbelievable, and and Clark went in and just improved what we already had. Like like that's the difference. I'm talking about Robinson's recruitment been excellent. He's bringing in good players. Clark didn't even really bring, like, Clark. We were murder. Like and Clark came in and and turned these guys into world beaters um, and kind of just added players here and there I just I, I do like Stephen Robinson I think he is a good manager and he probably will get a good move away but I just I don't think he's irreplaceable I just don't see I don't see that I think if he was to go Motherwell would get a fine replacement in and, and, and they would do they would do well I think it would have been interesting actually to prove your point about whether he can just spot a good player or whether he is actually a good manager or if he had gone to Northern Ireland because I think that is a kind of moment where you you can really kind of prove these things, and when you don't have that ability to recruit players, you just have to yeah. you have to find the system that works for the players there. That would have been that would have proved your point. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely um, think though, if if he did go to Northern Ireland, like he would have done a good job. Like, I, I I'm not getting away for that, but I just think that I think that the squad at Motherwell is good enough anyway. I ge- I genuinely believe that. So if he was to go, there's not a lot of work for somebody else to do. That that's more the point I'm trying to make. I for people think that I'm bashing him when I'm not because I, I do think he is good I just think that the squad's good enough as well and that there's no much that he will you know if if he were to go tomorrow there's a good squad in place somebody could walk into that job I think yeah I think the the club Motherwell are seeing the benefits of being so well run over you know the last decade or so because while a lot of other clubs bar Hibs and Hibs as well in many ways are you know cutting back in certain ways Motherwell have been able to you know, bring players in nice and early, players who had uncertain futures, like some Mark O'Hara and um, Scott Fox and players like that. And they've also cherry-picked some players from various teams, like Jordan White. I'll be honest, I don't know a great deal about him other than he's a battering ram of a centre-forward. I saw him playing at Ibrooks last week and he's massive. He must be 6'4", something like that. He's a big fella. Um, I've got a mental story about Jordan White, by the way, and I don't even know if it's really Jordan White, but... There was some guy, I don't know why I'm telling this, but there was some guys, uh, we were out in air one night three or four years ago and we were chatting to some guys and they were claiming to be and Livingston players. Did he play with Livingston, Jordan White? I think he did. They were claiming to be Livingston players and he claimed the guy claimed he was some wee winger that played with Livingston and um, this other fella claimed that he was Jordan White. 
and I have absolutely no idea whether it really was. But you know that way you felt someone was taking the piss out of you? And, but I, I had no recollection. And to this day, I still don't know what Jordan White looks like. And I wouldn't remember because I'd had a few drinks at that stage. But... Um, right, so, so so you've obviously got to ask here because I could see like you think like it'd be a weird thing to take the piss about though, like the kid on to be a Livingston player. Like it's different, like you hear stories about people going and then oh the kid on to be Irish and playing League of Ireland with nobody cares, but you've got to, you can get your phone out and find a Livingston player, you know what I mean? Like, like no bother. Um which is interesting, but why would they be an air? Like why would they I, know, yeah, they I think they'd air? had a game earlier that day as well. Well that's what I've got to say. If they played air that day then I could maybe imagine that. But I I, but, I, but I think it probably was, but it'd just be quite a bizarre thing for somebody to make up. Ah, I'm Jordan White, aye. Who, what? Yeah. It's a strange aye, kind aye. of player to but that just came to me there. But apart from that I don't know much about him. So maybe it was him, maybe it wasn't. Right. I liked him. I seen him. I seen him last year. Um, There's a game I covered that was uh, part of Inverness, and, and he was very good. I, I like to look at him as as you said, big boy. Uh, plays up front well himself. Um, so I mean, I, I think that he's he's kind of tailor made for Motherwell. Uh, I think that that's it's exactly the type of player that they should be in for. Um, obviously, they they signed the guy Long again, didn't they? Um, who done the last year? Chris Long. Uh, and and as well with Motherwell. David Turnbull will be back as well. Yeah, and you like, were going to say that. And, and, and he's he's a new signing. So I, I do think that they will be very, very good again. Um, and and I, 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 I don't see any issues for them. That's what I mean. I mean, whether they'll, they'll be as consistent as they were last year, who knows. But I don't see any any reason for a Motherwell fan to be worried next year. Yeah, Turnbull only played 38 minutes last season. So that old phrase, like a new signing, probably fits him quite nicely for the new season. Right, Gamba, order these... Three teams, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Hibs. Where do you think they'll finish? Motherwell, Aberdeen, Hibs. <laughs> wow. KC, <laughs> and you can add in Kilmarnock if you want. <laughs> well, my top four was Celtic, Rangers, Hibs and Kilmarnock. But after talking about Motherwell there, I think that Motherwell actually are better than us. So I'll, I'll, I'll just chuck them in there. And I'll just say that we'll get top six. Um, aye, I'll go... Aye, so Celtic, Rangers, Hibs, Motherwell, Aberdeen. Kelly. Interesting. Right, Aye. well, next part that I've got down is a top six battle, and I've got Kilmarnock in this. So in many ways, if you've got Kelly in fifth or whatever was there, um, that's fair enough. So teams I've got in here, Livingston, Kilmarnock, St. Johnson, and Dundee United. Touching Dundee United first, because they are you know, a big addition to the, the Premiership. It is good to have them back. We had a laugh at their experience. We took the piss out of them. It took them four attempts to come back to... The top flight. It was funny, but it's good to have them back. It's good to have Tannadice back in the league. We want our big clubs in the top flight. They've only brought in one player so far this summer. Obviously, new manager Mickey Mellon in charge. The player they brought in, Jack Newman, is a. I've looked a bit into him. He's a Scotland under 18s keeper. He's seen as one for the future, and he's apparently not even going into the first team squad. He's going to go into the development squad. He came in for Sunderland. So, in theory, they've brought in no players at all. Is that a good or a bad thing, Gamba? Because they had a good season last year. They won the championship pretty comfortably. And you usually see with teams promoted that managers want to go out and spend money and improve their squad. But that doesn't always work. And sometimes having a close-knit bunch from the league below, especially if you've been so dominant and won the league, can be a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's a wee bit of an interesting one. Um, considering you look at a lot of the other teams and they have made... I mean, obviously, we were talking about the signings that Kelly have made and signings to come. Signings, I know we'll talk about... I mean, I know we'll talk about Livingston as well, which is just, like, 
I mean, mental. I mean, I remember looking at the notes for this and like the pages for Livingston signings is like, I'm saying pages, it's taken up basically. Um, <laughs> I I honestly don't know. I don't know. I mean, they 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 did do well in the in the championship last season to obviously to, you know to get promoted and to and to win it. I I honestly don't know. I mean, I think if if you are going to keep a hold of the the kind of core, it is good that they have only lost. It's only a couple of players that have gone, isn't it? There was was it Watson So's been released. Right, thinking. Yeah, Bingham's, Bingham's gone, gone as well. Didn't even know Bingham was at Dundee United. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, I I don't think I don't think any of these ones. I mean, the main one is kind of you're looking at just keep all the Shankland, and they should be. You know, that's the that was the kind of main one looking at an outside, and you're saying like if they can keep a hold of him, if they have got the same squad, it it could be okay, it could be okay. I'm, I would say I would be a wee bit worried they haven't brought anyone in. That would be my kind of immediate yeah. assessment. Um, I think I think they need a centre back. Paul Watson mm. played quite a lot for them last season and I don't know the full story there but seems a bit daft that they're effectively their first choice centre-back from the end of the season has been allowed to go to Dunfermline. I know they've got I think Connolly and Matt Reynolds, Reynolds. there mm. but seems strange have allowed Watson to go for, for whatever reason and not brought in another centre-back. I mean, it may be that I mean, Mickey Mellon's only been in the door probably two, three weeks, so he maybe is still evaluating what he's got. I get that they're unlike any other team, I think, apart from St. Johnson, unless I'm missing anyone that's brought in a new manager over the, the course of the summer. And I think St. Johnson um, had longer with Callum Davidson than, than Mellon's had at Dundee United. So he maybe is still weighing things up. They had a good squad there. I think they've got really good players. Shanklin's the obvious one that scores goals. I like a Perry. I think Nicky Clark's a player who can score goals in, in the top flight if he can stay injury-free. Um, the boy Ian Hark's apparently doing quite well in pre-season. So I think there's a, the nucleus of a good side there. Cammy Smith as well. But um, can they put this all together in the top flight? It is a step up for them. And I guess we'll find out... Um, a, what Mickey Mellon's made of and also what this Dundee United squad's made of, Casey? Absolutely. I mean, for me, I've noted down that it's quite concerning, the lack of business. But to be fair to United, I don't think they would have been planning and, and having to recruit a manager um, at, at the end of the season, which which obviously all came as a surprise to everybody. I think that Mellon's a, a pretty good appointment as well. I mean, he's bags and bags of experience in the lower leagues of England. Um, so he'll know, like, like he, he'll have a good knowledge of players. Because I, I don't doubt, even though I'm saying it's concerned the lack of business, I've got no doubt by the end of the window they would have signed a good three or four players, like, without a doubt. Um, as you said, I mean, I think that their squad is a decent enough, like, it's a nucleus, a half decent team, but. To compete in the top fight, they certainly they certainly have to improve on it. Cause all guys, you know, Pollock, good player, but he's inconsistent. You know, like, like there's a reason that Aberdeen like because he, he looked when he first came through when we, uh, when McInnes, um first year, he was he was the mainstay in Aberdeen's team. Then he slowly got phased out it down south, come back up and signed for United. So I mean, inconsistent, Shankland who I don't doubt will score goals, but there's pressure on him because you don't know whether he, he will for sure in the top flight, you know? He's he's um he's obviously had kinda a couple of run outs before, um and it's the same with the boy Nisbet at Hibs. I mean, there's got to be big question marks over them because everybody'll be expecting them to score goals um in a league that they've they've not really played in before. Um 
But I do think that he will. I just want to make that clear. It's just more a, a kind of there will be slight question marks over whether Shanklin can do it. Um, but I, th- I think that in in they talk about obviously they did win the league comfortably last year, right? But I didn't think they were great either. Um, I thought mm. that in comparison to you know your Hearts, Hibs, Rangers teams, and I know obviously they're on massive clubs, but like in comparison to when they guys win the league, even St Martin, like they steamrolled it. And I know United did, but there wasn't even as much competition. I didn't think that there were. Hmm. Like, you would see them drop points all the time, um, but obviously they did enough to go over the line, and that's all that matters. I just think that it's got to be a big step up for them. Um, and I, I think that for them to compete, they definitely need three or four quality signings to to be where they'd want to be. And that is in the top six. That's where the United will aim to be. But with that current squad, I don't see them getting in the top six for that. But I don't doubt that signings will come in. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Dundee United get on. They're probably the team that I'm most excited about seeing in many ways this season. Um, St. Johnson just obviously um, in, across from, from Dundee and Perth there. A team who, like Dundee United, have got a new manager. Callum Davidson's come in. It's uh, St. Johnson without Tommy Wright that effectively, well, certainly the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast has never seen. Um, a lot of folk won't have seen how St Johnson will, will cope without Tommy Wright. So it'll be interesting. They've brought in Sean Rooney from Inverness, Danny McNamara on loan from Millwall, and Isaac Alfie on loan from Millwall. Out have gone Stephen Anderson, Ross Callaghan, Dre Wright, who we touched on, Danny Swanson, who didn't feature much last season, Anthony Ralston, Jason Holt, and uh, those latter two's loans had ended. They've gone back to Celtic and Rangers, respectively. I think St Johnson are going to struggle this season. I just think that um, the Tommy Wright, or well, the lack of Tommy Wright, will um, play a big impact in their season. Callum Davidson, I know he worked under Tommy Wright, and then I think he went down south after that. So he has decent experience as a, as a coach, but... I think if they don't go off to a good start, and we know that obviously there'll be no fans at McDermott Park, which many may joke that that's the case most seasons anyway. But I think they'll um, if they don't get off to a good start, then they could struggle because they don't. Under Tommy Wright, they had a manager who was able to turn things round, and he wouldn't panic under pressure. When you look at last season, I think they were one of the slowest starters in the table, and they were at the bottom of the league maybe after eight or nine games. And many managers may have been under pressure or panicked. But Tommy Wright, you know, kept calm and got things moving again and they ended up finishing in the top six. I would fear that if they got off to a bad start, they won't be able to to do that this season. On top of that, I think they've lost mainstays of the team when you look at Dre Wright and, and Anthony Ralston. Um, Jason Holt, I know he didn't exactly set the heather alight at St. Johnson, but equally he's a, a player, a decent player to have lost for a team like that. So... Yeah, that's my main fear, that they may prove me wrong and start really well, but I think if they don't start strongly and start fast, then St. Johnson could be dragged into the relegation fight. And I've actually got them here in 11th place in the relegation playoff. That may be controversial for a team that have, you know, exceeded expectations for the last real, you know, five, six, seven years. I just fear for them, Gamba. Yeah, I do as well. I do as well. Tommy Wright is... Good. Is a cracking manager. Um, big loss. <laughs> um, we, I know we 
for, for all the time that I've that I've been on the podcast and we've looked at them and have gone like, how are they still where they are? How are they not in a relegation scrap? Like how how are they? How how have they gone to? When you look at some of the other clubs that have been relegated in the time that they have been in the top flight, like you know, it's the case of like how have they not even been in danger once? How have they not even ended up like Motherwell and ended up in a playoff position once? Like, I know we always say this this can't keep going on, but it can't keep going on. Like <laughs> it, it it really can. I'm I'm worried for them. I'm worried for them. I mean, I really hope Cal Davidson is, you know, someone that can step up and do it, and hopefully he's got he's got a nucleus there of. Of a team they can work with that, that Tommy Wright's left, but I think, I, th- I think more I think rather than it, it being a very very good team, I think Tommy Wright is a very 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 good manager, and I think he was a lot of the reason why, why they were where they were for so long. Um, I am I'm worried as I'm worried as well. I don't I don't see them going straight down, um, but I can see them in difficulty towards the end of the season, which I'd be really sad to see because they have been, they have been good kind of mainstays in the Premiership for so long. Um, but I have, I'm a wee bit worried for them this season. Right, uh, who else have we got in this section of the table? Livingston, they're my tips for a brilliant season. I think Livingston, I'll probably go in depth in this in a wee second. I'll let you touch on them first, Casey, if you want. But I just think the players Livingston have brought in and the fact that they've not lost too many important players, maybe other than Lammy, and even Lammy, then yeah. he kind of faded out at the end of the season and wasn't playing that much. Uh I think Livy could be could be another strong contender this season. I have a feeling that in, I mean it's it's all key whether they keep Dykes or no. So there's there's your there's your start. I mean he's obviously the talisman there. Um, and with Morelos potentially gone, I mean that could be now <laughs> paved the way for him. No, I, I don't mean his first choice, but for Rangers now to actually sign him uh, because uh, they will need to sign strikers. Uh, they, they need a striker anyway, so if you've got to sell Morelos, well, they want two million. Two million. To pay that for dates. Well, I think that that is pretty re- like I wouldn't pay that, right? But I think they've got every right to ask for that in today's market. Um, so I'm like fair enough but I just look at other players and again that's more just into my bitterness like, I still kind of believe for what we sold Greg Taylor for was like <laughs> embarrassing uh, like, so I don't know what well, in terms of being high at 3 million I, I, it wasn't 3 million but so what are you saying that we, 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 we sold him for nothing man I'm telling you I, I, I'm convinced that we sold him just reading between the lines of everything so again I know we're not talking about that this was last year's news anyway but all says with Greg Taylor is our record fee to sell somebody was Naismith to Rangers and it was 1.8 million 2 million call it right Greg Taylor was undisclosed right but in the statement they never said anything about sold him for a record fee or anything like it's all heavily weighted on appearances and stuff right. which isn't a good business we should have been asking 3 million up front for him right away um, and we sold him for well below what we should have if I'm right in saying but anyway so with Dykes that's what I'm saying like, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay 2 million but I think they've got every right to ask for that in today's market there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that um, Livy is a weird one because again it's more just on like a hunch than anything but they keep doing very well and I know it's the St Johnson argument like, I'm literally just about <laughs> that but they've punched like Above their weight, you could you could argue for two seasons now, right? Because the first season they were very good. People surprised last year even better. But you're thinking, how long can they realistically do that for? I mean, obviously Gary Hope gets a lot of plaudits. Um, for the way he obviously sets out his teams and stuff, and obviously a very good manager. I think he's a good man manager as well. But I think a lot of the responsibility is the guy Martindale there, uh, David Martindale, who's uh, allegedly 
a lot to answer for their success. And I think it's interesting to see the way that David Hopkins worked out. Because obviously he worked under Hopkins as well. Hopkins goes down to Bradford, sacked, goes to Morton. Not really doing that great there either. It's interesting. So you're thinking if Martindale's actually the man, obviously there's a lot of conspiracy Why, why is he not just the manager then? Because he's, he's like... Because he's past life kind of thing. Yeah. Because like, there, I think they would a... get slated for that. And I know he's still assistant at a massive, well, like a, a top flight club. So he's got enough media attention, but it's not like he's there all the time. Whereas I think if he was a manager, I think there's a lot of, but I don't know, it's just conspiracies. Any Livingston fans listening will maybe be saying that I'm sitting with my tinfoil hat on. If you, have, if you ever watch Livingston, it's interesting because he does all the shouting. He, he it, shouts at the players and Gary Hope just stands there. And it's the strangest thing ever when you see the manager almost just standing there and Martindale's running past him, shoving him out of the way, elbowing him in the face and then shouting instructions at the players. He's assistant manager, he's head of football operations, so he's everything basically other than the manager. And you might be onto something there with the, the whole Hopkins thing, um, because Livingston, when you look at the rise, not so long ago, I mean, this has been well spoken about, uh, but not so long ago they were mid-table in League One and now they're one of the best teams in, in Scotland. And I think they're, it's just a shame they don't get the crowds they deserve because I think they're mm. a really, really good side to watch. It's it's, um, it's interesting with Livy as well. And, and that point you make about them being League One just a couple of years ago, and as you said, mid-table, um, it just shows you, man. Because when I was looking at the recruitment of the, obviously, certain clubs and obviously you see Lammy's away to Motherwell, all these guys, and, and then you look at their Wikipedia page and you're like... like all they need is an opportunity in the top flight to prove it and that's what Livingston's given all these guys Declan Gallagher and stuff you know what I mean in the Scotland squads and stuff so it shows that there's a lot of good players floating about they just need the opportunity Scott Robinson totally reinvented himself we signed him and I was thought it was a good signing at first but I don't think he was ever fit at Kelly and he was very quite poor and then he ended up League One Livy saying aye well that shows, that shows Gary Locke's uh, skills of signing players letting go of Eremenko and signing Scott Robinson but to be fair to him he's come back up with Livingston and done very very well in the top fight and they're good at getting these guys opportunities and I, I, I like them I think they're a good team and they mix it up because people they get a lot of stick for maybe being yeah quite long ball and stuff but you do whatever gets your results but when they play they play like, like they've got a lot of good quality well last year guys like Wallace and all that very good technical players as well all work hard but they know they're pragmatic they know how to set up against your Rangers and Celtics but then if they need to they'll get and they, they can batter teams man they battered Lids last year as well I think they'd be like 3 nothing or something so um, no yeah. very good team but, but that goes against just what I've said I think because I think that there's only a matter of time before they can keep doing that or Martindale is just an absolute genius and, and the longer he's there you, you'll see Livingston being a mainstay in the top fight and competing for top six every year the greatest manager that Livingston never had <laughs> Martindale no I, I've, I've got Livy down for sixth place here by the way I, I think it, a lot of it hinges on whether Lyndon Dyke stays and I know Barnsley I think offered a million for him um, Livy want double that as we said earlier Our Rangers now going to be interested I think Lyndon Dykes for me has got a lot of a lot of criticism folk look at his scoring record I think Connor Park is a, a typical one who looks at his scoring record and says oh, he didn't actually score that many goals I think Lyndon Dykes is brilliant I really really like him because I think the thing I like about him most is that his big performances um often come in the big games his best performances last season were against Celtic twice were against Rangers in the League Cup game that they lost and as I say I, I think he's worth every every penny of two million if he does go they've signed this guy Salim Kudar Aisa uh, a lot of people seem to be talking about him I think he's got a kind of rags to riches story coming from 
junior football, I think, ended up at Queen's Park last season where he scored 16 goals. He's now been signed. And another big one, Alan Forrest, for me, I, I know him well, went to school with him. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant signing for Livingston. Scored 10 goals, double figures for Air United last season from yeah. the wing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, brother of James Forrest. I think that's the kind of signing that... Um, you know that way you just think it's a really good fit like I just think he'll do really well at Livingston the kind of signings before him that we've seen um, Robbie Crawford going there and Nicky Devlin other former United players who have done really well Robbie McCrory another great signing I think I think he's a real um, one for the future I think he did really well in the second half of last season on loan at Livingston so uh, another good signing and the last one I want to touch on another loan one is Kieran Brown who was really good for them last season. It's his third loan spell from Cardiff City. I read about him in the paper yesterday. He was talking about the fact that he's leaving uncertainty at, at Cardiff City. Obviously, they don't know what league they're going to be playing in next year, whether it's going to be the Premier League or the Championship. And he's left that and gone back to Livingston. And uh, he got really good reviews last year, a defender. I mean, you add that to Effie Ambrose and Marvin Bartley and Scott Pittman, who I really like, and Keegan Jacobs and players like that, then... I just think this is a. I think it's a really good side. I'm really excited for seeing them um, this season. As I say, I've got them down for for sixth place. Gamba, do you want to order these kind of four teams we've got? Livy, Killy, St Johnson, Dundee United. Although it's maybe difficult because you've maybe got St Johnson. I, I I I do. I've I've got I've I've got Killy in the top six, um, and I've got Livy below that. Um, whether whether that's just to do with. With me just buying into Casey's propaganda, man. Like I, I think probably is. Uh, Goebbels, uh, I trust man. you too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got, I've got St. Johnson in danger, and I've, I know we've got a few other teams to to talk about, but I've got a few of the teams that we've got in the kind of relegation fight above St. Johnson. Um, Dundee United, I've got kind of towards the top, kind of towards the top, just just below. Just below Levy in terms of the the rankings, but I think Levy will be well ahead of them in terms of points. I think we're gonna have a top seven and a bottom, and a bottom five. I think is how it's gonna how it's gonna work this season in terms of the the points gap between. I think there'll be a fight between two teams, probably Kelly and Levy for the for the top six, and then I think it's gonna be quite clear sailing. I think whoever finishes seventh this season will end up with more points than sixth. That's that's think I think it's gonna be one of these ones again. Mm. Interesting. Right, as I say, I've got Levy 6th, Dundee United 7th. I had Kelly in 8th. I don't know if I'm now doubting that because of you, but I, I don't know. They might, <laughs> Dundee United could maybe change. 8th place wouldn't be terrible for Dundee United, would it, in their return? And, uh, yeah, as I say, I've got St. Johnson down in 11th, so we'll, we'll cover the other three teams. Uh, Casey, what's your ordering of the teams we've touched on well obviously mines are a bit everywhere I suppose but I, I would not. say like I would say that I agree with Gab I think it'll be ourselves and Livy that are competing for top six and again I'm only going on like a hunch with me like about Kamala's business it could be a disaster but I think that it looks very good uh, on the face of it and what's still to come um, so I, I think we'll be as and Livy will be competing for top six and then I see Dundee United like kind of just below that and then St Johnson below them. I, I I'm no I'm no as worried for St Johnson as you guys are. Uh, I think I think Davidson's quite an interesting appointment. I think that it's something different. Obviously, everything's got to be different compared to Tommy Wright. Uh, and I like I think it's got to be a massive season for the boy Ali McCann. I think he's a very very good player. Any time I've seen him 
albeit only high rights and stuff, I think that he's he looks like a real real quality player and I think that he could be a talisman this year and then we could be talking about him in a year's time getting a big move somewhere. Right, you're not worried for St Johnson. Are you worried for or who are you most worried for in our relegation category? Ross County, St Mirren, Hamilton. Ross County. Um I was going to originally put Aki's there. But again, it's more just the pattern about every day I was tipped something get relegated, then I thought right. do it. So, this uh, is the year. This is cock- the year. Cockroaches. We'll <laughs> never get rid of them. I mean, it's, it's one of them with Hamilton. And I genuinely, like, I think squad wise and stuff, they're worse off than they've ever been. No, uh, 100%. And, but I just, I'm not going to tip them to finish last because I think I do it every no, year and can. I feel bad for them. I've got them bottom. I've got County Bottom and Aki's in the playoffs. I, th- I think Aki's, we touched on Aaron McGowan leaving, he's a first team player's left, Gogic has left, Mikkel Miller, who I was never massively impressed with, but he's somehow wangled a move to Rotherham, don't know how he's managed that. George Oakley, who again, hit and miss, but I think he was a big favourite of Brian Rice, he's gone away to OFC Pirin in Bulgaria for mm. some reason. Blair Alston, is another loss for me. Luke Southwood, who was their number one keeper, is a loss. And then you look at who they brought in, Ross Callaghan. He's all right. But part player at St. Johnston, it was now right. Yeah, so, yeah he barely, barely featured and featured even less at Hearts. Is he a player who's going to keep you up? Um, Charlie Trafford, I know little about, I know the name, but I'm not going to lie, I know little about him. Callum Smith, signed him from Dunfermline, he was in loan at Airdrie last season. Uh, and if you're signing players who were on loan at Airdrie last season for your Premiership boost, then I think you're in a bad place. I, 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 I honestly do think, like, I th- like, when you just look at the squad, it just gives you the heebie-jeebies a wee bit, man. Like, you're just like, <laughs> like, like, you do feel, especially the players getting out. Because uh, I really liked Oakley. I thought he was a very good player. But again, he was... He was on the bench quite a lot, Ben. He played against us quite often. He's very good up front himself because I was wanting us to sign him at the end of the season. Um, the guy, Steve Davis, as well, he was good. I, I liked him. I thought he was very good with both feet and that. I thought like, he was quite like, a technical he, he's front. good man. with both feet, but he struggled with that, that important thing in football, which is running. <laughs> hey, if you've got it up there, sometimes you don't need to run. <laughs> but um, I like, liked him. Um, I thought he was all right. But as you said, he was a bit of cart horse but like it was like, very I thought it was good good for Aki's. Blair Alston gone. I'm surprised at that man. I liked him. I was surprised when Hamilton signed him as well. Like I have always kinda of rated him. Very versatile, hard working, fits right into the mould of what you want for an Aki's team. Um so I'm surprised he's away. Um but you just look at it and the key for me is uh David Templeton again like You've got to keep him fit, but I've just read as well that he's got to miss the first game of the season already, so there could be injury injury issues. Well, I suppose it is as Celtic though, so they probably went back to getting yeah, it. Yeah, you're hoping it's a kind of write off and t- you're not gonna get your best out of Templeton away at Celtic anyway. So um but I'm just, uh, for them to have any chance they need him to stay fit because he's brilliant. I think he's an excellent player. I like the boy Lewis Smith as well. It's impressed me any time I've seen him. Uh, very, very good player. Um, big year for him. But the thing with Aki's, I mean, we talk about how their squad and their recruitment doesn't look good, but 
I know it's almost an easy way out to say, but I genuinely do think their youth academy is excellent. The boys they bring up, they consistently just bring through players that are very good at this level. Um, and as I said, Lewis Smith proved uh, proved that last year. Um, and there'll be other boys to come in. Obviously, the boy McMahon and stuff has, has done well, new and experienced player for Hamilton. So um, I think that would be silly again to write them off, but I do think that they're the worst state they've ever been. Um, and I just think that squad's no great. Um so uh, it's it's a, it's a massive year for them, and as I said, it would be it would be silly to write them off though, just given their their history. Who are you tipping to go down, Gamba? I think County. Probably, it's a bit not looking great. <laughs> I, I I mean I do I agree I agree with KC. I I do think Hamlin do look the worst out of all the teams, but. You know, uh, in my younger years, I did believe in you know looking at things, looking at the evidence, looking at you know, you know the science, facts, logic, reason, things like that. But <laughs> nah, there's 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 a power there's a power greater than all of us that's keeping Hamilton in this division. So I think the the team that look the worst after Hamilton, I think would be Ross County, and Hamilton just can't get relegated. So <laughs> I think it's Thinks County that are probably looking looking the worst off, and Hamilton will survive whether through the playoffs or. Through finishing tenth, I think just through through nothing to do with football and ability or anything like that. I just I just think there's a higher power uh, play there that you just can't you can't account for. Well, that's that's one way to to look at the relegation battle. Fair enough. <laughs> that's why I've got you on. But uh, I Ro- Ross County. If you want to touch on them, they've brought in Connor Randall, former Hearts player Alex Iacoviti from Oldham. Carol Tremarco mm. is cross. That, the... that was that was great. That was great. What, what's that. that? What's that bridge called? The the give me a key or something up in Inverness. The, I, I know what you're talking about, about but um, where's Johnny Clark when we need him? There's something the Keswick could be. Is it the Keswick Bridge? If I'm going to go with Keswick. Right, it, right. We'll go again. It's the Keswick Bridge where Carol Tremarco crossed to go from Inverness to Ross County. I don't think either set of supporters were too happy about that. No. Stephen Kelly on loan for Rangers as well. He's joined Ross County. Uh, I think that's a good bit of business. Rangers fans seem to quite like him. And a young guy, Regan Charles Cook, who sounds more like an explorer than a footballer. He's come from Gillingham, free transfer. And uh, they apparently wanted to keep him. So he seems like a, a decent enough talent. Gillingham, I think, were mid-table in League One. And as I say, they wanted to keep this guy um, who's pretty young. He's 23 or something. So that could be a good sign. And I've got Ross County ninth which is maybe controversial in comparison to you guys. I mean, f- for me, I just think that County, it's more just down to the, the whole wackies thing that yeah, I just, I, I can't bring myself <laughs> to relegate them. Um, it's got to happen soon. I know, I know. But it's obviously interesting me, County, how it's obviously just Kettlewell now, opposed to the, the, the two joint yeah. managers, uh, the whole joint manager thing at Ross County. Um Seemed to be kind of worked all right. Well, I mean, they, they obviously they won the league at a canter um, when they came up and then they done okay last year, I suppose. They were obviously kind of hit and miss, but they were all right. Um, always had a basis, a decent squad. Um, as we said, I mean, the recruitment, I mean, like the great Hibs team that we once spoke about, uh, <laughs> that, that wonderful team that for the for the mid noughties, uh, right, early noughties. Yeah, yeah, I, the, that great Hibs side. Uh, I used to always have a kind of joke about the 
Ross County Youth Academy in Amsterdam when they went through a, a, a spell of signing <laughs> all these Dutch guys out of nowhere. Yeah. Melvin Deleu, Shalk. Aye, Shalk and Melvin Deleu or whatever. He always liked him. He always looked good. Um, so it's a shame that we're not seeing any, any Dutch talent coming through the ranks there anymore at Ross County. Um, so again, the recruitment, the boy they signed for Gillingham, I think it's a very good business. I think we were in for him um, and he ended up going up there. So... Um, it's, it's more just down to process elimination for me. Um, it's an easy argument to make again, of, of kind of the theme of the podcast for me. And I just don't think that they're great, and I just can't relegate Aki's, therefore that's why I've got them there. But the proverbial tough place to go, going up to Dingwall midweek, Christmas and all that, horrible. So um, I don't know. And obviously all these players that cross the Great Divide for Inverness to, to Ross County <laughs> is always funny. Remember the theory that me, me and Connor Park had that they both supported each other as well, like the fans and that, how the fans don't even care on that. So, uh, I Cal Tramarco, I mean, I just I think he's quite a minging player, to be honest. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, do, much, it doesn't do much for me. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's, I, I just can't see it being a successful season for the county. And sorry to Carl Tremarco, I know he's a big fan of the podcast, so apologies for he that. He is, he is, tremendous. Right, so Mirren, the final team we haven't touched on, obviously the, the big um, headline about their transfer business has been losing Vaclav Hladke. They brought in Jack Alnwick as his replacement, the guy from Rangers. I was kind of surprised to see him stay in Scotland, I thought he'd go down south, but that's an interesting bit of business. They've also brought in Richard Tate from Motherwell, Joe Shocknessy, former Aberdeen from Southend, former St. Johnson as well. They've also brought in Isaac Thorvaldson on loan from Norwich and Nathan Sharon from Fleetwood Town. Big players going out, Stephen McGinn, Ross Wallace, Tony Andrew, Cody Cook, who I quite like, Danny Mullen, Lee Hodson, Callum Waters and Alex Jakubiak as well. So for me, they've lost a lot of players, St. Mirren. The thing that's stopping me from putting them in the bottom two is that I think they've got a decent manager there. I don't think he's ever going to be a world-beating manager, like going to be a Jack Ross or anything like that, going to that kind of level. But I think he's always going to be a manager who gets his team over the line. I think he gets enough um, from the way he motivates his players to get them out of trouble if they get into it. I think we saw that last season, and I think we'll see it again this season. I don't think they're going to stun anyone by you know finishing sixth or seventh or anything like that, but... I think they'll just beat the relegation fight. And uh, I think Jack Alnwick's a good signing. Richard Tate, I suppose, is decent for a team like St Mirren, but he wasn't featuring too much for Motherwell. Shockness is a decent signing, and we obviously don't know about the two other guys that have come from down south. So, yeah, a bit up in the air with St Mirren, but 10th place for me. Gamba? Yeah, it's, I would agree with that, Hamish. There's there's a few big names out there that have obviously, they've obviously gone, but I think... Decent, decent replacements. Decent replacements. Um, so who's your? You're obviously you've already told us county bottom. Who's your eleventh yeah. place? I think I'll have St Johnson in there. Aye. Casey. Um. Obviously, I've got county bottom. Then Aki's eleventh. Um. But in regards to St Mirren, I think that their business has been has been pretty good. Actually, I think that um. We were linked with both Shaughnessy and Tate and I think we were in for them and I'm not trying to belittle this because I think that they're good signings and I would have still taken them but I think the attractive aspect for St Myrna is that they've got to be 
you know, mainstays, they'll they'll be like first names in the team sheet types there. Whereas us, I think both would be competing for positions, and that probably swayed it for them because you're at that stage of your career, you know what to go and sit on the bench or you wait for your chance. Whereas it's at Burn, they will get game time, and I think they'll be they'll do very well. Josh, honestly, last year was the no link to getting back to Aberdeen. McInnes was was trying to bring him back, so um, yeah. after leaving St Johnson, so I think that's a very good bit of business. Um, Richard Tate, good player at this level, versatile. And uh, Alnwick for Rangers is a good goalie. So I, 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 think, I think, again, as Hamish said, uh, Goodwin, defensively very sound, I think. Get them over the line. No, excellent going forward. Um, but I, I think they've got enough about them and I, I don't think they will be in any danger. I think their business has been good. Before we go, uh, the guys at Fantasy Football Scotland have been good enough to set us up with a public bus ball league. That means that if you're a fan of the show, which hopefully you are, you can join and compete against ourselves and fellow fans of the show by downloading the Fantasy Football Scotland app, making your team and then joining the league. There's a couple of ways you can join the league. Once you've made your team, you can go into the league section and you should see Burst Ball with a wee logo and be able to join there. Or you can just go and search for Burst Ball, all one word, capital letters, although I don't think that matters, and you'll be able to join all the guys. I think there's well over 150 people in the league, guys, so it's going to be tasty, and we're going to sort end-of-season prizes and all that kind of thing out, nearer the time, depending um, on how things go. But have you guys made your teams yet? Not yet. I was waiting for no. the the great recruitment process at Kilmarnock to finish before <laughs> before I add my players in. So, no, I will have it done before the, the start of the season, though, without a doubt. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I was waiting until we got all of our flops out there and then I'm putting them all in my team, just so we know, just so we know what to <laughs> but, do for But what I will say is, I remember in 2015, 16, there was this weird fantasy thing, because I know like, they tried the Scottish Football Fantasy League last year and it, it didn't really work out, so hopefully this year everyone will be fine, few teething problems, but about five years ago, there was one I found online, Dodges, anything, and then I made my team and it was when Gary Locke was signing like, Stevie Smith and all that for Kerry, and Ken who I had in my team? Rodney Schneider <laughs> I was like oh, he'll be a player man Jeez. Wesley Schneider's brother that signed for the yeah, United the and that was the year the United get relegated as well so I just had to get that in for them getting promoted but uh, so if that's anything to go by I can only see me being in a relegation battle for this year's fantasy <laughs> football looking forward to it guys well thanks very much for joining us for this season preview hope you've enjoyed the show listener and we'll be back later on in the week a couple of us coming back to preview the first weekend's action just a brief podcast looking at what to expect in the opening weekend hopefully everything's good to go by next weekend and we can get all these fixtures played and there's no more problems with testing and so on but yes that's us another season looms Scottish football will return and boy have we missed it it's going to be good when it comes back and you're not going to want to miss it until next time take care and we'll speak to you later